and welcome back to the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is the November 11th game against the Calgary Flames, and the Habs come out victorious 4-2. So let's jump into the stats real quick. So first period, um, it looked like we were in for another uh, treat. For another, for another treat. For a treat. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, pretty quick goal two minutes into the game from Mikhail Backlund. Um, at that point, I think we kind of thought we had our uh, story written out for us. Well, yeah, it just it seems whenever the Habs get, you know, behind on the score sheet, that's just it. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to be, you know, a rough goaltending situation defensively. Yeah. And that but, we're not going to be pushing. Yeah, but Ben Sherrod answers about seven minutes later. Um, Sherrod's just on a tear right now. I, he's I, a sniper. I know, offensively, anyway. He's a sniper. Yeah, offensively, anyway, he's really, really uh, firing on all cylinders. He's tied for first in goals on our team. <laughs> Yeah, um, him. He's picking up the slack for Petrie, so. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so assists from Toffoli and Suzuki. So, you know, it's all the familiar suspects. Yeah, then, you know, then, uh, you know, seven minutes later, Mangiapani goes for his ninth. He's just incredible. Like, yeah, he, he he's might He's going to make the Canadian team, I think. Yeah, especially with his defensive play. Yeah, he's. The guy, he's very well-rounded. Yeah, very well-rounded player. I wouldn't mind him. Um no, let's just go through the stats first, I guess, then we'll comment on kind of the play this game. So in the second period, we get a goal from Brendan Gallagher, um, kind of the goal we want Gallagher getting, like it's, you know, crazy shot from Weidman from the point off the post, Gallagher just stuffs it in, gets right in their face. Yeah, uh, power in, play goal too. Yeah, interesting scuffle afterwards too, um, you know, he gets cross-checked out of the crease after the goal, and then Toffoli just absolutely lays the guy out. Yeah, I forget good, who it Branson. Was. good Branson. Good Branson, yeah. See, there's something about I, that. We had an issue with him on Ottawa last yeah, year. Yeah, it's, I, I just mean at the lead, it's up like, it, when the guy scores, you can't just lay him out, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. happened with Jake Evans. Yeah. It's like your your guard is down because the play is over. Yeah. That's no, got to be a penalty every single time. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, yeah. yeah, so we go into the third period, 2-2. Wicked game so far. Uh, 12 minutes into the third, we get a fourth from Nick Suzuki, which is just, you know, we're going to comment on Suzuki in a sec after we get through these points. Yeah, but, power uh, play goal yeah. assisted by Hoffman. Yeah, so just what we need. And then Jake Evan closes it out on an empty netter with six seconds left, um, assisted by Gallagher into Foley. So you guys look at the stats tonight, and you're like, these are the guys that we need on the board. We got Gallagher, we got Toffoli, we got Suzuki, Hoffman. Um, Hoffman. You know, all these guys are the guys that we have on our team to produce points and score goals. So I'm happy in that regard. But holy shit, what a physical game. Like, yeah, honestly. Yeah, Calgary, I think Calgary does that thing where if they average out a little bit bigger... Then the team, they just try to bully their way through. Because mm-hmm. when they play big teams, they just don't have that in them. I don't know what it is. And I, there must be some kind of animosity because people were getting killed out there for yeah, no I know. reason. It, it seemed like every single you know freezing of the puck and every stoppage of play led to a bit of a scrum, especially when Gallagher was involved. So um, who knows what happened there. Even Suzuki was getting into it with Monaghan at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, but fantastic game by Jake Allen. Like, really, there was... You know, especially that last two minutes or so, or minute 30 seconds where they pulled Markstrom, there was a lot of pressure on us for a while. And I remember even, you know, we were sitting there saying this feels like a playoff game. Like, this yeah. was a lot of pressure. Like, we really needed that win. I really didn't want this to go to overtime. Um, yeah, Allen being 923 was nice to see as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the shots that were coming at him were about the same as other, you know, totals for other games. And he just, he closed the door. Yeah, an incredible game. Um so going back to, you know, the play as a, as a whole, 
defensively a much more sound game. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, especially the second and third period, a little bit floppy in the first, but um, second and third period, Savard was playing well. He was really clearing the net, and I noticed him on the penalty k- kill um, a lot. You know, really getting his man, especially in that um, low slot area that you know, kind of Godro kind of creeps into sometimes mm-hmm. uh, to get those cross seam passes. Uh, Savard really like boxed everyone out there, which was really good to see. Um, Petrie, any thoughts? You know what, Petrie's been relatively unnoticeable all year, which has been a little bit upsetting because one, he got a big payday last year, and two, he's kind of the guy who we needed to step up with Shea Weber being absent. Sherratt looks like he Sherratt looks like he's stepping up more, at least on the offensive side. But um, yeah, the one thing I'll say, just as kind of a uh, I guess overarching theme of this is I'm happy we won, but I want to see them repeat this success because, you know, winning one game every five and then going back to a five-game slump is something we can't afford. So they need to take what they did tonight, which was basically play a almost perfect game and move with it, not against it. You know, don't... I don't know. I feel like they're going to think that it was a line combination or what's something. It's like, no, you have to play as a unit. They were playing the whole game. The like We saw them actually trying all game instead of a big push at the end yeah i think like a a big issue with the canadians right now and i you know we've kind of seen it in previous years too is i i feel like the team's almost a little add like they they need to play well they need to be very stimulated and like i think that's not a good quality per se because you're not going to get that from teams especially teams out of your division so you know, for the most part, I don't expect, you know, Montreal to be all fired up when we're playing Dallas, for example. Well, that, yeah, yeah like that's it's just, it. It won't happen. I think it happened with Calgary because, you know, there's a bit of a, there was a bit of rough housing early on in the game, especially with like, the Tanev situation there with, um, um, who was it he fought? Uh, Weidman. Kind of, yeah, Weidman, yeah. which is weird. But anyway, you know, like that kind of breeds a bit of you know, stimulation that gets the team going, especially with guys like Gallagher on your team. But, you know, if, if Calgary didn't do that early on in the game, um, you know, I would hope that we kind of would see the same result. But it's hard to see because the guys who are really present this game, you know, you noticed Gallagher every shift. Um, you know, you, these guys tend to show up when it tends to be a bit more of a rivalry or a physical game early on. Um, and I think we kind of have to figure out that momentum and that energy situation because it's not something we're going to get every night especially with some of the teams in the league right now looking at us as kind of a you know a team to play their backup a team to rest some of their big players they're not going to come out of the gate flying like we they would if we were a top five team so then do you get someone on the ice not just Gallagher but do you get a Pazetta or do you get a Belzeal to basically tell him, like, hey, Instigate. first five minutes, just go piss someone off? Yeah, get, piss them off to actually get the other team riled up yeah. a little bit and get some energy in the building. I, I really don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, I I definitely don't want to see what we saw last night. I think, obviously, there's you know certain injury situations that's producing this. I, I, and what I mean by that is I really don't want to see an AHL line on the fourth line. Like, I don't want to see Belzeal, Paling, Pazetta. I want to see Paling and Pazetta, but, you know, either... You know, not at the same time, <laughs> or maybe or playing with Armia, maybe playing with Army or something. I, I definitely don't want to see a you know a rocket line yeah. playing up here. No, I understand that. Um, Especially since that's not Paling's game. Um, you know, that's he, the thing. He's he's more than that. Yeah, he well, it's really not Paling's game. I mean, yeah. Paling's not the type of guy to to do that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. like Pazetta is, but 
um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to miss it, mix and match that kind of play style. It'd yeah. be like, you know, it'd be like, like Gallagher and Druin together. Like well, it's just a it. bit strange, but, um, you know, sometimes it works chemistry wise, but, um, you know, defensively, like I said, really happy with the team. What about offense? Uh, I think it all comes out of one like guy. Like goals aside, I mean. Yeah, I think overall the team, again, like we, we were playing our kind of hockey, which is up and down the ice. But um, I like I want to focus in on Nick Suzuki for a couple of reasons. Um, just starting with just last night. I mean, he played over 22 minutes of hockey last night, put up two points. Um, you know, he he clearly wanted a goal and he got it. And I think the best part about that was the fact that, you know, for those who saw it, about a minute or two before he scored, he tried to bank the puck off of Markstrom, and Markstrom kind of gave him a comment. You could see that he laughed it off a little, and then literally the next shift, Suzuki banks it off him again, and it goes in. So, yeah. you know, there's a confidence to him now. I mean, like we were saying, he's got, what is it, 14 points in 15 games? Yeah. So, and you and I are laughing about this, but um, we finally have a guy who's, you know, he's, he's his third year in the league. He's He's grown to a point per game, basically. Uh, he's the only one we didn't draft. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, look, this is we've locked him down uh, to his to an eight year contract. He's only getting better. Uh, but you know, he he really has shown up so far this year. I can really see, year. you know, just with this trajectory he's on, I could really see him growing into a ninety point guy. Like that's it. You if know. you get him a bona fide, you know, goal scorer to play with. Yeah. You will see that thing if Caulfield comes to fruition, if we get Kraftstop, or if we go out and get Kraftstop, or just if you bring someone in who's got that talent level, you will have a pair that can really, really dominate on the ice at their peak. Yeah, I know. I'm excited to see him him grow. Um, Yeah, I'm. You know, going back to the defense really quick, what a game by Brett Kulak, too. Like yeah, he, you saw him geez, everywhere. He was really on the ice. He was bailing people out, and he's got a lot of offensive touch to him that kind of goes unnoticed on the spreadsheet. Um, you know, he, he, he drives the puck into the into the corners a lot, and I he, he's very responsible with cycling the puck, and he can accept some really, really shitty passes sometimes. Yeah, and, and he's, he's just a very underrated skater. He can yeah, move. He can really move, yeah. He really gets on his horse and goes, but... Um, you know, like, yeah, I don't, that's the problem is I didn't see any glaring errors tonight. The thing is, it's one game. We, like, we really, really need to basically take the mold of this game and go forward. Yeah, the the reason why yesterday I was telling you it feels, you know, I, I want to be wary in saying this, but it feels a bit like a turning point is just because it's the first game this season where I've seen the team as a whole band together yeah. against a force that was playing very physical against them. Like, yeah, you know, against... a good Calgary team that was on, what was a five or six game win streak? Yeah, six games, yeah. yeah. Or six and oh or something. But, uh, oh no, they're five and oh, and if it was six and oh, it would have been a franchise thing. Anyway. Right. But, you know, in previous games, like, you know, against Vegas or, you know, against Anaheim even, We've seen, you know, certain players or certain lines kind of band together through animosity and through physicality with the other team. But it was the first time I find that I saw the entire team kind of, you know, pull themselves out. And I think the most underrated part of this game was it was definitely the first time this season that we've seen the Habs have a bad start, go to intermission and actually fix something. Like yeah, that's The true. rest of the season has been bad period, intermission. Okay, they must be talking about it. We come back, they score four more. That's yeah. true. I um, I also think that, and this this is probably, you know, whenever we do this, they seem to pop off a little, so let's hope. But 
I need the only forward I need to see more out of is Armia. Yeah, Armia is not playing very he well. He needs to really step it in up in any aspect, defensively, yeah. offensively. No, just overall, he needs to step up his game. Um, I understand he is a more, you know, uh, conservative role now on the team, but he's got to get there, or we we've got to make some decisions again because, you know, we've committed more money and more time to this guy, and for him to just drop off right now just doesn't bode well for either side no definitely it's it's definitely an issue and you know we notice it on our penalty kill too i mean like look at early on in the in the season i think five six games in our penalty kills at 50 percent. i mean army is a big part of that penalty kill yeah and um you know he really generated last year a lot of shorthanded chances and that we're not really seeing this year we have zero oh no we have one shorthanded goal we have one shorthanded goal from nick suzuki from suzuki yeah so you know it's definitely not the same start as last year i mean i don't need eight like we did last year or whatever it was but you know i need some kind of pressure to keep them outside of our uh, defensive zone and you know with how you know, immobile our our big DR right now. I'm thinking, you know, Sherratt, Savard. I mean, Sherratt can move when he wants to, but he's definitely not a mobile defenseman. But Sherratt, Savard, you know, these guys aren't really going to be moving the puck during the penalty kill, at least with their feet. So, you know, we need those, you know, offensive guys and those wingers and those, those centermen on the penalty kill to move the puck out of the zone and through the neutral zone. But we're just not seeing that from Armia right now. Yeah, so I mean, all in all, I mean, the, the game was a positive. It's always hard to talk about the games more when, when we win because you kind of just go over the goals and you win. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's I'm trying to nitpick a little bit. I, I'm trying to see. I mean, there's half the team is injured, so we're it's just very hard to gain a real assessment of this team. Yeah, I think we need to assess, honestly, the issue with our injuries in, in general. I think maybe in another podcast, a short form, we'll go over like i mean like when was the last time you saw paul byron play more than 15 games in a row i I have no idea i don't i don't remember we have a very very like delicate team unfortunately so yeah like i understand revering paul byron because like he is like a he is a hab staple and like the city loves him you know what i mean but the problem is though is that we have a lot of guys on payroll who you know essentially have earned their spot in the past but are really really anchoring the team down for the present and for the future because their spot is for some reason just kept warm perpetually and it's... well that's it and and also with paul byron specifically you know the guy the guy is he definitely punched above his belt above his weight class when he came to montreal scoring two 20 goal seasons as a guy who basically was supposed to never play in the nhl again is huge however we're also not scratching Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. This is this is someone who's a bottom six forward. He brings a lot of speed. He brings a lot of leadership. But at a certain point, it's not only not fair to the team, but it's not fair to, to the player to kind of, you know, imply he needs to come back because, like, he, he just might be done, too. Yeah, he's very broken. Like, he's, he's older than people realize. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not Shea Weber old, but he, he is older. 32? I believe so. I'm going to look it up again. But it, the the main point that I'm making is that Sometimes moving on from someone like that is more respectful than anything else. Yeah. Just out of out of you know concern for their health and also, you know, you don't you never want to have that extra push that basically they go out on a bad note where Paul Byron has two twenty goal seasons and then he's you know battling injuries and when he finally gets healthy you know he ends up playing let's say this year he comes back and he plays 32 games has one assist and then gets traded yeah because then it just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth oh yeah paul byron's 32 he'll be 33 in april so like come playoff time and you know 
it's again he's he's kind of defied all expectations it's crazy when you think about like we talk about these guys ages they're so young i know he's a young man like he's 32 years old think how crazy that is like I mean, Jesse and I were talking about it in sports in general. I mean, like, theoretically, Paul Byron should be at his peak right yeah. now. I mean, like, you know, you look at hormonal profiles, at muscle development. I mean, like, early 30s is where most men are peaking. But, you know, you, you add up these injuries that Paul Byron's taken and most athletes have taken in a, in a professional career where they're mostly starting, you know, between 20 and 22, um, you know, it that's what basically you know leads them off the cliff you know i mean it's uh it's kind of sad but you know that kind of leads us to paint guys who are 35 years old as like these geriatric yeah well when you look at them like look at joe thornton joe thornton's in his 40s you swear he's in his 70s well yeah that's just systemic inflammation for 20 years well even but even shea weber shea weber looks battered he's 36 yeah like he 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 is younger than like most professionals <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a very strange phenomenon because like you look at you know the average 35 year old in society and then you look at these athletes and you're like holy shit yeah i'm just trying to think I, I, i'm curious to hear how old alex burrows is because burrows looks like he could jump on the ice and like yeah alex burrows because he stopped playing earlier yeah alex burrows is 40 yeah wow but he stopped playing earlier than shea weber yeah Alex Burrows looks great. Yeah. 40-year-old. Jeez, look, at, look at Joe Thornton. Yeah, I know. He's the same if age. Joe That's Thornton, a perfect example. If Joe Thornton doesn't keel over at 50, then, like, I'll win the lottery next week. <laughs> this is Joe Thornton at 42. <sighs> Shit. Like, he, look, he looks like he's a like, like really, really old man. Yeah. Damn. God, it's little things like that where it's it just it surprises you. Or even just, like, Ovechkin. Yeah. Ovechkin yeah, is Ovechkin's 36. Like- and he he just does not look like like well anymore. He just yeah, he, he looks so old. Like this this is this is a thirty six year old man. You know, it's like yeah, it's he's very, graying yeah. and he's and he's wrinkled and he's battered and it's like he just he's put his body through so much and he's going to continue to do so for years that it's like. Yeah, it's, I guess you know you always stressor. have to you always have to remember that I guess stress is relative a little bit here because like. You know, I, I understand that, like, you know, especially in a hockey market, you know, you know, more and more so like Washington, but like especially like a Montreal or like a Boston or something like that or New York, like, you know, there's definitely external stress from fans and, and expectations from management and ownership. But, you know, you look at, you know, the world as a whole or like, you know, you know, yeah, past like- human, you know, like, you know, humans, you know, a thousand years ago or 500 years ago. And you're like, this isn't stress. You're throwing a puck around. On yeah. Ice. I, but it's I, like, I, it's, it's all relative, I guess. Like, you know, yeah, I think it's, I think it's mostly the, you know, the perpetual oxidation that they go through. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think between the actual like demands of the, like the lifestyle surrounding the sport in terms of basically for nine months of the year not having a minute to like even think mm-hmm. and then also the yeah the actual oxidation uh, like oxidation in what they're doing yeah and like just the st- them and-, and and again there, there's something to be said about like getting like hit into the boards constantly yeah it, it sure. will change your physiology yeah it's not a non-contact there's, there's sport. a reason I mean, why like football, football players but... look the way they do there's a very specific like like physique to them and it's not because they like it's not only because they need to look that way it's that they get kind of almost transformed in a certain sense of if you're constantly bracing for that like you're you're going to look different 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's not, like, hypertrophy. No, not hypertrophy, it's but, just, like, it, you do end up with a different, like, look to you. There's a, it's the same yeah, thing, I think for it's example, mostly, like, people work with their hands. Like, yeah. over and over again, they're not getting hypertrophy in their hands, but their hands end up just getting a lot rougher and yeah. tougher, and it's the same idea. Yeah, I think, like, obviously football selects for a certain type of athlete, yeah. but uh, no, I know what you mean. Like, it's definitely, like, there's certain injuries that come up. I mean, like... You know, most football players will have knees that most running backs will have knees that kind of look like a running back knee because they probably all torn their ACL yeah. at one point or yeah, one point or another. But yeah, in hockey, I mean, it, it's uh, it's just crazy that you know it's definitely one of those sports that you know you drop off quickly, kind of like a football. Because you look at soccer and stuff, it's really not too rare to see a guy play into his late thirties and look no. great. Look at Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, exactly. You know, he looks like he's he could be in his late twenties. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, Anyway, I'm happy with the game. I uh, hope we carry this momentum going forward. You know who we're playing next? Uh, Detroit, I believe. Detroit again, eh? Jeez, yeah. third game this year. I mean, that should be a win for us, but is it home? Yeah, Saturday in Detroit. No, so, that was our last home game. Okay, so Bertuzzi's going to be playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Allen's expected. Um, no surprise there. Not Sammy um, Mountains? <laughs> yeah, so Bertuzzi's going to play. I think Larkin's still injured, right? I think so at the time. He might be day-to-day, I'm not sure. Yeah, so he's off He's off the uh, injury list on the score, but, I mean, still no Verana. Um, so, I mean, this should be a good team it's to team carry. Our, well, yeah, yeah. It should be a team that we should, you know, Which, realistically be easy to carry over our momentum. Yeah, and it'd be nice to put two wins back-to-back. Oh, yeah, we need that. Like Really you, just for the mental state and, yeah. <laughs> and also just genuinely for, you know, like, uh, before going, I'm going to check the standings now in our division alone. Like, get as many wins before Thanksgiving as humanly possible. Exactly. So we don't really stack the stats that, against Yeah, us. as it is right now, we are three points behind the Sabres, even, and they've played three games less than us. How fucked is it Leon Dreisaitl has 26 points? I don't even want to think about it just because, like... Troy Terry has 19. I, I know. I just... I, I don't want to think about the superstars right now because it, it just depresses me. Troy Terry has 19 points in 14 games he's, with 11 he's goals. He's popping off, though. That's 11 different. goals. I know. And he's on Anaheim. I know. Like, come on. That's the thing. It's, he's having one of those where it's, like, finally... Like, you know, they drafted this guy high just to, like, be a you know second-line guy, but he, he's just gone off this year. I think he has more points this year than his career at this point. Yeah, essentially. I mean, like, he, yeah, I mean, last year he played 48 games and had seven goals, and, yeah, then the year before, 47 with four, so that's 11, yeah. yeah. He is more, yeah. <laughs> but, Shit. yeah, either way. So, um, yeah, Saturday night, Detroit um, should be a good game. I really hope we just kind of roll with it, and anything else? No, that's it. I just, uh, you know, like you said, want to see the momentum keep going. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.